0: Hello and welcome into the
1: 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. I'm the National Recruiting Analyst with Segno alongside 24-7 Sports Director of Scouting, Andrew Ivans. And we hope you had a fantastic 4th of July. A lot of fireworks yesterday. And it, it drew it, it, you and I just talking about it before we jumped on camera here. It seems like it's commitment season, right? And last week of June, first week of July. Yesterday's busy. We have off. It, it, obviously it's a it's a national holiday. So you get on Twitter, and it's like you step away for an hour or two, and it, it feels like you, you missed a lot, right? So we're going to do our best to kind of recap the last couple of days since the last time we came to you, which I can't even remember when. I think it was a couple of days ago, beginning of the week. But Drew, I hope you had a good 4th of July, buddy. What would you get into? Worked out in the morning. We had a bunch of people at the house.
2: Little three-on-three pool basketball tournament broke out. That was fun. And then... um we were in bed early. Dog does not like fireworks, so we were uh, <laughs> we were trying to, you know, I don't know. Limit Can't, the noise. A yeah, more. limit the noise. Exactly.
1: Are you, a uh, question for you, marriage question for you. Do you find yourself going to bed a lot earlier now that you're married? Yeah. I do too. I don't know how I feel about it, but I mean, we got in bed the other night at like 8.30. <laughs> <laughs> And it's like, it's, it's you know, nobody nobody else knows that, but it's a little bit embarrassing, right? And we're both ready and super content. No issues with it whatsoever. Anyway, let's get to some football. Let's start with Ohio State, number two ranked class per the 24-7 sports composite team rankings. I want to talk about fireworks, Drew. I feel like Justin Scott, five-star defensive lineman out of the state of Illinois, if you don't know who he is, number four defensive lineman in the country. He pledged to Ohio State on Sunday. This recruitment, we didn't really know where this one was going. It was kind of Ohio State, Michigan at the end. Miami was kind of rumored to be in it pretty heavily, right? All of a sudden, end of the day, it's Ohio State. And it sounded like Justin Scott was kind of leaning towards Michigan up until his visit to Ohio State. That's typically the way it goes, which is why it's always important to have that last visit. So, Drew, before we kind of deep dive, I mean, I I, I guess your initial thoughts, not even on the player, but – what somebody like Justin Scott at this position means for Ohio State.
2: I think you you the one you're the one that wrote it. I mean, there's only two interior defensive linemen in the Midwest that are inside our top two, four, seven this cycle, right? Was is that the number you got?
1: Here's here's the interesting thing. I, I Googled that. I, I Googled what consists of the Midwest region. Missouri was included in there that that's a little bit of a surprise to me. If you would have asked me that question before I researched it out, I wouldn't have said Missouri was included point being Williams in an was in there, right? Right. He was, he was the only other player. So yes, only only two players in the top two, four, seven on the defensive line from the Midwest region
2: and Ohio state gets, gets Justin Scott in a recruitment where it didn't really seem like they had a a ton of buzz. And I think it's, it's a huge statement for, a number of different reasons i mean you're you're not allowing justin scott to go to another school that you could see but ohio state that gives them kind of an anchor in the middle and justin is one of our favorite two-way players in the 2024 cycle gets snaps on offense and defense i actually found some footage of him playing running back when he was a freshman there in Chicago, a big boy run, running the ball out of the backfield. Now he plays O line, D line, but it, he he's a a big functional athlete. And um, I think for Ohio State, just picturing what Larry Johnson wants to do there, right in the middle with his his defensive line re- group and defensive line room. I mean, this is this is a monster addition for them.
1: It seems like it's been a lot more of a priority, at least within the last year. They dip it in the transfer portal. They get Tywon Malone from Ole Miss, dual sport athlete, who also can get it done on the diamond. Those those baseball highlights are fun. If you haven't seen those. And then you talk about Justin Scott, right, uh, being able to add that interior beef. beef. Hiro Kanu, a guy that they took from California, I think, a year ago or two years ago. And uh, one guy that they're excited about in his development. It's fascinating, Drew. When I look at Ohio State, to me, you have the – I don't even know if it's like the good to great. They're trying to figure out that last 1%. How do we get over the hump? Right? And to me, Michigan has been a thorn in their side the last couple of years, especially with the physicality at the point of attack. Michigan has won the Joe Moore Award, the award for the best offensive line unit in the country the last two years. That goes to show. And they've had their way with Ohio State. Ohio State... I would say, played up to the task and the challenge of playing the most physical team in the country in Georgia in the college football playoff, right? So now you add a guy like Justin Scott, talked a little bit about Malone, what they're doing in the trenches. These are the guys that you have to have at the end of the day that could be the difference, which I I have to give a ton of credit to Ohio State. Somebody brought it up on Twitter, I think on Sunday or Monday, talking about in this era of college football with NIL, a year ago, it's a fair question to ask. Does Ohio State get this one done? Because, Drew, you and I probably weren't on the same podcast, but we, we had some platform a year ago where we talked about the team that was really struggling when it came to NIL, especially where they had had success in years past. It kind of seemed like Ohio State, Right. And with some of those bigger bodies, John Walker was the guy, ends up going to Central Florida, right? They had a lot of guys on campus during the summer that they felt like they were just kind of, they were going through some growing pains as the game was changing. That being said, it feels to me like they've adjusted. This is a huge get. And listen, I don't, I don't know the NIL details or anything. I, I would assume there's something involved there, but if you're Ohio State, this guy being within a 500 mile radius in the state of Illinois and being within that Midwest region, these are the guys you got to keep home, right? These are the guys you want to target.
2: I'm trying to think who else did Ohio State miss out on last year?
1: They had a lot of guys. I'm, I'm I'm trying to think of defensive lines specifically. The the interesting thing about Larry Johnson is you you always talk about the edge guys. You talk about the Bosa brothers. You talk about Chase Young. Zach Harrison's a a different one just in terms of his ability to play inside out, Hubbard as well. It's not really those big interior bodies, right? That Ohio State has a track record of pumping out. So any final thoughts on that one, Drew?
2: No, I think you I think you hit on a
1: (laughs) wide spectrum. Yeah, wide
2: spectrum. Michigan was another one that last year in the in the summer, in the summer period where I think they struggled with some of the official visitors as well. I don't know why that came, came to mind. but
1: I think there's been a lot of growth in terms of NIL, like in, in terms of teams being able to – the dust has settled a little bit. We know it's still crazy, but there's more programs out there at the top of the food chain that now seem to not be on their heels as much as they were last year. All right, you ready to talk a little Marquise Lightfoot? Yeah, man. All right, I know you're a big fan of this, guy, so I'm going to tee you, tee you up here, Marquise <laughs> Lightfoot. Out of Chicago, Illinois, another Illinois native, six foot five, 220 pound edge, ranked the number 128 player overall per 24 7 sports, top 10 edge in the country, number four player in the state of Illinois. Drew, you kind of compared him to Jalen Phillips Light and why that's important. If you weren't paying attention over the weekend, Marquise Lightfoot to the University of Miami. So, Drew, I'll let you dive in on this one.
2: Well, I, I think it's, I mean, Miami needed to get some momentum going on the recruiting trail, right? Had had missed out on some some battles. And I don't think like to an outsider, this isn't kind of a recruiting battle that you expect Miami to win. I mean, we talked about Justin Scott being from Chicago, Marquise Lightfoot also from the Chicago area. Like Miami just traditionally doesn't go up there and, and pluck those guys not saying that they can't do it but that hasn't really been the recipe and I think Marquis Lightfoot I know for me I know for some of the other analysts here like you put on the tape and you're like all right I we really like this guy but we kind of need we need a little bit more information and he ended up showing up to a camp back in April tested off the charts you know I think he was like sub seven one in the L drill Super fast, uh, short shuttle, 30 inch vertical jump, but he, he's 6'5, 221 pounds, and it matches up. Th- that Those testing numbers match up to what he's been able to do in pads. I mean, he, he comes downhill, he closes gaps, and he's a bit of a menace off the edge. And I think what what I really like about him is when you look at Marquise, is he is not slight of frame he is not narrow like this is a guy that's going to eventually be able to carry 265 pounds and that's why i do kind of compare him a little bit to, to jalen phillips who former five-star recruit was at ucla ended up at miami now with the miami dolphins so uh, i think it's it's a big pickup for miami and the first real recruiting win for jason taylor who's in his first year as the defensive line coach there at at Miami.
1: Six foot nine wingspan. We didn't even mention that. A couple things on life, foot. you turn on the tape and it's like the, the first thing I notice, I feel like he's playing out of position. He's six, five, he's 220 pounds. And a lot of the times he's lined up on the interior, Yeah, which is, it's two different ways to think about this. I, I don't think he was a double digit sack guy last season. I could be wrong. I think he was nine. He was hovering right around it, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that he's not playing his natural position, whether that's in a two- or three-point stance off the edge. He's playing inside, but because he's playing inside, I feel like it's almost forced him to better understand how to utilize his hands and leverage. He's very good there. The other part about him is that you mentioned how good of an athlete he is. I think he's a better football player than he is an athlete which is a scary combination. He's a really good football player. And what I mean by that, high motor, understands how to get to the quarterback, super nuanced has a pass rusher, and he makes a lot of plays just off a of hustle as well. Yeah, right? I was
2: going to say like effort. A lot of high effort, effort plays. Player. Yeah. But you so think, think about
1: it, like I, I said it on Twitter yesterday, but you think about him and, and Ruben Bain together. A little bit different. Bain probably could hang out on the edge, could move inside, super versatile, but both those guys very high octane. I think I think Jason Taylor's got a chance to be really, really good. I went back. I would agree with, I would yeah. agree with that. I went I went back and I watched that, that footage of Kamarian Franklin working out at, at Miami summer camp with Jason Taylor. You kind of get to see the way that he interacts. The indie. By the way, Kamarian Franklin, by the way, Drew, I am going to tell you this. I think he's going to end up inside.
2: Oh, yeah. That's a he is. For sure.
1: Yeah. He's got to be. 270, 275 right now. That's neither here nor there. But all right, we ready for our next one? Elias Rudolph, number 19 edge in the country. Drew, I'm gonna lean on you a little bit more. I'm familiar, but maybe not as familiar as you are. Number 19 Edge in the Country from Deerfield Beach to Michigan on Monday. You like this one?
2: Well, I don't know if he's on if he's if he's still at Deerfield Beach. Um Elias Rudolph from the Cincinnati area transferred down to south florida for spring football appeared in a spring jamboree and then i guess he's back in the cincinnati area i know when he made his commitment on uh what was that monday night correct it was he was in cincinnati when it happened so i don't really know where he is and i've been kind of asking you know where is this guy but you know like what, like <laughs> what high school is he at because i i of those kind of like gray areas right now but uh he is a edge player um that can get to the quarterback and i saw him in that spring jamboree you know one of the reasons why he came down to south florida was they they wanted him to play a a higher level of competition and have a chance to um prove himself in front of a bunch of college schools and he was at this 10 team jamboree I mean when there was 40 or or 50 schools there in in terms of the colleges and he excelled um I think he's pretty raw but there's some tools to work with and I think the biggest question with Elias is hey you know how how big is he gonna be able to get because I think he's pretty He's pretty in the waistline. He's 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 definitely narrow. Now, with that being said, love the fit at Michigan. We know what they're able to do with their strength program, player development. I mean, I think for a front seven defender, you'd be hard pressed to find a a, a better option than Michigan. So, interesting pickup. I I like the pickup in Michigan, man. I mean, talked about with Ohio State class and, and and where they're at right now I think Michigan's almost it feels completely different than where they were last summer at this time
1: different conversation for a, a different time but my question with Michigan is like can they sustain this right can you can you do this year in and year out and they have a unbelievable track record when it comes to player development Elias Rudolph a guy that Cincinnati or Sunshine State we don't we don't really know regardless good pickup like you said Long reactionary athlete off the edge, a guy that they'll get in the strength program, and you know these are the type of players that typically benefit uh, from going to going to a place like Michigan. Drew the shocker, I think, of the of the week so far, Cameron Coleman.
2: Hey, I don't know how we didn't lead with this.
1: Out of Central High School in Phoenix City, five star, number five receiver, one of a handful of receivers in the top thirty two for us at twenty four seven Sports, LSU, Auburn handful of others in the mix and it's Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher that end up pulling this one off on Tuesday Drew as you have noted here on the outline would be the seventh highest ranked signee for the Aggies in the 24-7 sports era which is saying a lot two years ago they signed the highest ranked recruiting class in college football history he could have gone anywhere and it's it's A&M at the end of the day who a couple days before they get one of the better receivers in the class too right Draylon Miller I guess I'll start here, Drew. I mean, I don't. I'm surprised, and I'm. Um, I feel like there's so much riding on this year, right? Offensively for Texas A&M. Bud Elliott, our friend at 24/7 Sports, who you might be familiar with at Cover Three, he loves to talk about the lack of explosiveness in the passing game in Texas A&M's offense. They bring in Bobby Petrino. You got two really strong personalities in Jimbo Fisher and Bobby Petrino. It's going to be fascinating to see how that works. You got Connor Wegman, a guy that a lot of people like. They're hitching their wagon to. You got a really talented offensive line that still needs to come together. And you got some pieces at the receiving core led by Evan Stewart. The, this one's, if you're Cameron Coleman, it's a little bit interesting. But at the same time, I, I don't think the, I want to be like the tinfoil hat man here, right? The legislation in, in the state of Texas with NIL, I think just passed. Or made the announcement within the last two weeks, right? That these third-party collectives can now move internal. So now you got the 12th man, which is um, Texas A&M's fundraising arm of the athletic department, which is now officially their known collective. If I if I have some of that verbiage wrong, I apologize, and I should be a little bit more well-versed on that than I am. That being said, it seems like a and starting to, to go a little bit. Cameron Coleman was a guy that I had compared to George Pickens. Plays above the rim, statistically leaves a lot to be desired. I think only had over 500 yards receiving. We saw him in Atlanta and it was like, holy cow. 6'3, 3 quarters, 180, 6'6 wing, almost 6'7. He popped a 4'4'8. He had a 10'8 broad and he had a sub 4'2 short shuttle. Like, whatever he's going to be, he's just starting to figure it out.
2: And he has had a strong showing on like the seven on seven circuit. Like you 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 bring up the lack of production. You're right. 31 catches, 542 yards, six touchdowns. So he hasn't got a high volume of targets, but we, we've seen him kind of take over different settings. Uh Phoenix Central did play IMG Academy at one point. He had two catches for 41 yards this season. So he would have been matched up with those future power five cornerbacks. I, I don't know for me Cooper you kind of went in a, a variety of different directions. I, I think this is the surprise because, like, there is questions about Texas A&M's offense and like the long term and like who's the next quarterback of the future there. Right? I mean, Texas A&M didn't sign a quarterback last year. They have two guys. Oh, I got these notifications going off. They got they got two guys committed this year: Anthony Maddox, Miles O'Neill. I don't think either of those guys we'd kind of be like yep this is this is the guy so it just from an outsider it's like whoa okay like Cameron Coleman one of our favorite wide receivers a a game breaker is headed to Texas A&M it's like
1: I don't know (laughs) to me this one like if I had to handicap it I, I thought it had Auburn written all over it
2: right and that's the other thing I remember This is more of a loss for some of these other schools. Like, I don't think it's a loss for Clemson. Clemson's got Wesco, TJ Moore, right? Cameron Coleman had visited there. Auburn, it seems like ever since Hugh Freeze has taken over on the Plains, like he has sunk his teeth into the Cameron Coleman recruitment.
1: Well, it makes a lot of sense, too. I mean, you talk about the bigger body receivers that Hugh Freeze has developed during his time at Ole Miss. I mean, Metcalf, Treadwell. A.J. Brown, so on and so forth. He kind of fits that mold of high developmental upside, big body. I'll say something here too, Drew. I don't think this one's over.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's what I was kind of hinting at.
1: I think we'll we'll see this one go to the finish line, and depending on how Texas A&M plays this season, I think this one could be one of those open relationships that we see. So.
2: Good to point out that Texas AM now in the top ten of the of the rankings as of Wednesday morning.
1: I did number, not see that.
2: Number nine overall. So Draylon Miller, Cam Coleman. It's been a
1: what do you like to say about Jimbo? You like to say they're they the their garage door is opened, right?
2: <laughs> I, I I interchange that for different staffs. <laughs> but
1: taking they are the car, taking the car out of the garage. We're going to take a quick break. You're listening to the twenty four seven sports football recruiting
0: podcast. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Guys, you're listening to the 24-7 Sports Football Recruiting Podcast. Make sure to subscribe to the show wherever you find your podcasts, including Spotify and Apple. Also, make sure to leave a review. We like reviews. If you have a question, that is the place to ask it. Drew Elijah Moore, guy that we got to see at the OT7 Finals in huntington beach a few weeks ago and a guy that we kind of had circled number 58 receiver in the country there were some murmurs maybe hey he's ohio state bound that's not the case he's going to go play his football for mike norvell in florida state he popped on tuesday in addition to elijah moore seminoles also pick up a nice nice pickup defensive back rydarius red morgan number 52 defensive back in the country Yesterday on the 4th of July, FSU now up to number 13. Drew, Elijah Moore seems like a guy that there's a lot of varying opinions on in terms of the evaluation. You saw him a couple weeks ago. What do you think?
2: I like him in Florida State's offense. I think, you know, from what we saw in Florida State in 2022, they want to run the football, get it to your receivers on the outside, these big bodies, and I think Elijah Moore just kind of fits that perfectly. And I did not know a ton about Elijah Moore prior to a, a a seven on seven tournament uh in Orlando that would have been back in March. And then I saw him play and I was like, whoa, okay, this guy, there's something to him. And I think, you know, behind the scenes we've gone back and forth. Hey, do we move him to a four star? Do we do we kind of leave him where he is? And um, you know, I, I don't I think there's a there's a lot of fans there. Every time I see him, you know, he he gets things done six four, two hundred pounds. 81 inch wingspan. Highlight tape is is him making contested catches look easy on, on the outside. So I, I, I like the fit. Uh he he was it was FSU beat out Ohio State for him, right? That was they were number two. Correct. He had visited there. So I think it's 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 an impressive pickup. And now it's it's a very deep and loaded year of wide receiver.
1: So I think it's fair to say Mike Norvell has a type,
2: right, and he fits that type.
1: I mean, you think about the size that they're bringing in between Keon Coleman, Hakeem Williams. If you're not familiar with Elijah Moore, I mean, six four and change, two hundred pounds. He's a guy that's got a six eight wingspan. He's got a thirty five inch vert, plays above the rim, ten foot plus broad. He can roll, so that's kind of his mo. And you look at Florida State and what they're trying to do a lot of a lot of big bodies, right coming in so johnny, johnny wilson <laughs> didn't even talk about him right uh one of the best pass catchers in the country with that big and long and lanky frame so i'll hit on uh rydarius morgan here too drew strong safety strong run support defender plays with his hair on fire physical at the point of attack really willing tackler i think he can get on the field early in in a spot role and i think he's going to be a special teams demon Yeah,
2: and they added D.D. Holmes, Ricky Knight over the weekend as well. I mean, Florida State, their class was built out over the weekend.
1: Can we talk about uh, a sneaky pickup? Yeah. Ashton Bethel-Roman, number 18 receiver in the country to Arkansas on Tuesday. Drew, I'm a huge fan of this kid. Um, Dad, Mark Roman, played at LSU. I thought that would have been the obvious fit, but a guy that – has a very, very solid track and field background in the 200, also in the long jump as well. A Shade under six foot and a half. Needs to put on some weights, probably hovering around 165 pounds right now, but he's long. He's got a 6.5 wing. He ran sub 4.7, which isn't, that doesn't get you too excited, but you turn on the, on the tape and then there's plenty of evidence, not only from a play speed, but from a linear time speed as well in the track and field background and then a sub 4.1 shuttle. I mean, you talk about like a smooth mover as a route runner. I love this kid. And then you think about Courtney Crutchfield, Isaiah Setegna, some of the names that Sam Pittman has brought into Arkansas. And then all of a sudden, you're kind of looking at Arkansas's depth chart, the influx of talent they have coming in. I really, I really like what Arkansas has done this year, and I think they're kind of they're flying under the radar a little bit. And I felt like they did that last year, but year in and year out, they just continue to kind of like. Uh, Crutchfield's a legit talent, and so is Bethel Roman. You know, these aren't guys that are like, "Hey, good, good secondary pickups here." These are these are really good players. I really love that one and two, uh, one and two combination from Crutchfield and, and Bethel Roman.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm buying stock in Arkansas. I think yeah. last year finished twenty second overall, in the number twenty two class. This year they're at nineteen right now. I I mean. They've been active in the transfer portal. I think they kind of have – they have the identity. Of like, you you know Sam Pittman's going to have them right in the trenches, O-line coach by trade. And then now you see them getting these these difference makers at the skill position. It's like, okay, like, I, I want to see how this plays out. I, I like this. And Bethel Roman pairing him with Courtney Crutchfield, just like you said. I mean, last year – Last cycle, they found what what seems to be the tight end of the future. Luke Hayes, who's going to play as a freshman. It took Davion Dozer, Isaiah Dave at running back. I'm with you, man.
1: I didn't even talk about Charleston Collins on defense, right? Charleston Collins is a guy for me that I, I feel like he can work his way up the board. He's a little bit of, he's, he's like one of my darlings. I like him a lot. They keep him in state. KB on Henderson, Drew, you're a big fan of, right? And then we haven't even talked about Nareel White, who's just like a football player. Three-phase guy. Biggest question on him really comes down to testing. There are no questions on the field. He can do a little bit of everything. I don't know what side of the ball he's going to play on, but I like that pickup for Arkansas. Julius Pope, another guy that we like at the linebacker position. And then we talked about K.J. Jackson last week, right? So Arkansas, don't, don't be surprised, right? When all of a sudden you look up and you say, who are these guys? Not Arkansas as a whole, but some of these guys they have on the field. Well, we're
2: gonna go super off roading here, but we've never even talked to, like me and you have never even talked about this. They also added a late take in the twenty-three cycle, Dasmond James. Have you have you is that name across came across to, not familiar? Ready? Okay. I mean, we, we are really peeling it back here, but Edu, educate me, coach. Gabe Brooks and myself had this guy passed along and We ended up ranking him as a high three-star. Maybe it should have been a a four-star, but Dasmond James was going to run track at North Carolina State, had slipped through the radar, Um, 10-4 guy, state champion in North Carolina in the 100 and 200. Um, And he ended up committing, and I think he signed with Arkansas as a wide receiver. So where did he finish in our rankings? I'm trying to pull it up right now. He was our number 59 wide receiver. 10-4-6, 21-06, 43 catches, 601 yards and five TDs, but got grades late. Arkansas made a move, beat out NC State in Liberty for this kid. So uh just kind of continues that trend of what we're talking about in, in terms of elevating the play of, of the wide receivers.
1: A lot of love for Arkansas this morning. Let's give some love to uh a friend of the show, Gus Malzon. Drew, this one was kind of I kind of circled this one coming into the show today because I feel like you and I, we've been trying to figure this guy out a little bit. That's Kylan Fox, number eight athlete in the country. Is he going to play offense? Is he going to play defense? Is he a tight end? Is he an edge? He's a good athlete, right? We know that. And we got to see him in Atlanta as well in February at the Under Armour Combine. He's going to play at Central Florida for the Gus Bus. He popped on Tuesday. I like this pickup for UCL. If Central Florida can continue to kind of do this I wouldn't be surprised in like two years from now you're like all all, all of a sudden like th- they are becoming a nice little like landing spot and I feel like them moving to the Big 12 all of a sudden is like providing them just a little bit of juice a little bit of juice and all of a sudden they're becoming a lot more of an attractive destination for a lot of players out of the state of Florida and now you're starting to see a little bit of Georgia as well too.
2: I think that's the smart move I mean in the Peach State you have Obviously Georgia, you have Georgia Tech, and then a bunch of other schools and, and surrounding areas that you can all get to. But I think it makes sense for, for UCF to kind of continue to prioritize the Atlanta Metro and, and go after some of those guys. And and right now they have 10 commits. Three of them are from are from Georgia. Kylan Fox, he's an interesting one. You know, I I kind of like him on the defensive side of the ball. He wants to be a tight end. I think UCF's going to let him be a tight end, and he has impressed at, at, at various settings. Uh, t- caught 25 passes, 326 yards a- as a junior there, excuse me. So it, it is a big addition for, for the Knights. And again, remember, like you said, moving into the Big 12, their class. I really like the quarterback they have there, Riley Trujillo, given what – Gus Malzon wants to do. I think Riley is athletic enough to run, but he can also throw it and, and distribute it. So UCF doing some work.
1: Drew, you ready to talk a little Missouri? Let's I think do it. If I, if I had a dollar for every time we talk Missouri on this show, I might have three bucks. We haven't talked a lot of Missouri. And Cameron Key is number 18 corner in the country. Top two, four, seven. He pops on Tuesday to the zoo. Tigers, they also add James Madison, Drew, who you're familiar with. Cam Dooley, a late riser I've gotten acclimated with here in the last week or so. And then another defensive back, Jackson Hancock, a guy that I have to say I'm not familiar with. Friend of the show, Blake Baker, though, doing a nice job over there at the zoo. Drew, out of all the guys that Missouri has has tabbed over the last week, any of them stand out to you? I think Cameron Keyes for sure. He is
2: one of my favorite corners for this 2024 cycle i mean a kid that's over six foot um he can run and what i love about him is his ability to come up and hit people he is not afraid to do that you know i thought he was someone that was maybe going to end up at mississippi state mississippi state does a really good job of recruiting florida's panhandle kind of just waiting around and 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 make it a move and then those guys get, end up going and, and getting selected early on in the nfl draft i always think about martin emerson but Cameron keys was a kid that visited kentucky vanderbilt and then missouri's the one that that wins out in the end i i a big big fan of his tape and what he brings to the table so that's one uh and then the other one is this jackson Han, hancock kid i know we're getting really off the off the rails here but at a small school in the Peach State, three-phase player uh, sounds like Missouri's going to start him off at safety. So I don't know. It was a, it was a big
1: few days for for the Tigers. I have no idea what they're going to do with this Cam Dooley kid. Out of out of Alabama, six four one ninety five. He doesn't he don't the the player doesn't remind me of Jelani McDonald who ended up signing with Texas, but the, like the versatility when you watch the tape does. I mean, he plays everything. He plays quarterback. He plays receiver. He plays safety. They walk him up closer to the line of scrimmage. He is this long, rangy athlete, which Missouri, like, I'm, I'm super fascinated to kind of see where he ends up. I don't know if he's going to end up playing offense or defense. He's got ball skills. He's got range. I kind of like him at safety. But you don't see guys, you know, I'm trying to remember the last 6-4 safety, Taylor Mays, like legit. Right? Like Yeah. So he's an interesting one. But I, I really like that take. You know, they had to battle out Kentucky, Vandy. I, I think this is a guy, his senior season, that a lot of teams are to keep a close eye on. And then I, I wouldn't be surprised if his recruitment really starts to open up. And I hate to say that's no disrespect to, to Missouri. I just see him as a guy that, A lot of programs, especially at the top of the food chain, are going to want to take a closer look at. So we'll see what happens with him. Drew, I I would say a nice, efficient 39 minutes. Yeah. I don't know how you feel. It kind of feels like, and you're different. You and I are different. It kind of feels like once you get past this week, it's like you you see a little bit of the light at the end of the tunnel. (laughs) I got to go to another event this weekend. So What do you got?
2: I got the FBU Top Gun Camp.
1: Uh, I thought you were done. Is, is is this the last one before the fall?
2: L- last one. Last one.
1: There you go. Where is it?
2: It's in Naples. I they actually just sent me the roster like this morning. <laughs> and then
1: uh, and then to Nashville, right?
2: Yeah. Well. I, yep. Yep.
1: Player Personnel Symposium. If you got a hey, if you're if you're a player personnel guy, college football player personnel, the Oyster Boys would be there. Come say hello have a couple Heineken zeros on the boys. So, Drew, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Now, producer
2: Lance, what, he, he's at the beach? Isn't that where he's at? He's
1: at the beach. I'm happy for him. It's weird without him lingering in the shadows. <laughs> Just not knowing when he's going to pop in, but we but we love him very much. All right, Drew, let's get out of here for Andrew Ivans, our director of scouting at 24-7 Sports, for producer Lance Glenn, who's enjoying a well-earned vacation. <laughs> For me, Cooper Patagon, guys, we appreciate you listening. We hope you had a blessed 4th of July, and we will see you tomorrow. Thank you